Hey everyone, this is your host, Chris Chief and Blurred's Eye View. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain. First, it's free. You definitely can't beat that. Plus, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody, this is your host, Chris G. And on tonight's episode of Blurred's Eye View, I'm interviewing Philadelphia's own Eric the Smoke Moran. Let's get it. Hey, everybody, I'm Eric the Smoke Moran. I'm a pro wrestler, actor, producer, writer, and cosplayer. All right. Uh, so speaking of since this documentary is about cosplaying, it's actually more about the people of color and cosplaying and pop culture in general. So I'll start off. Uh, how long have you been cosplaying? I've been cosplaying since before the concept of cosplay was even called. Before there was POCs or anything of the such. Um, it was called costuming. Um, but I was like doing, at that time, they were calling it geekdom or you're a nerd or something like that back in the 70s and 80s. I was always the odd person standing out. Um, but as time went on, it was more embraced. Uh, people tend to get the idea that, wow, there's something to this, to something to costume. Um, and before you know it, cosplay became a household name. And I've been embracing it ever since. Okay. Um, so what, what, exact, what initially attracted you uh, to cosplaying? Hold on. I'm sorry. Um, well, again, I've been cosplaying before the concept of cosplay was called. So what attracted me um, doing superhero costumes and the sort when I was growing up, I idolized superheroes. I idolized heroes like Lone Ranger or uh, Superman or Batman or Spider-Man. And growing up watching them, uh, there was a moral code to them. Um, to want to do right, helping other people. Um, I think that was one of the reasons why it encouraged me to become a United States Marine. Um, and then after joining the Marine Corps and coming out of the Marine Corps, I ended up becoming a professional wrestler because to me, all these elements that I've chosen in my lifetime were characters of bigger than life, but they were influenced. They were within the community to, to inspire kids and also to have a moral kind of code to them. Um, as a pro wrestler, I got to be a little bit of good guy and bad guy. And as I got older, as, as my mentality changed as far as the concept of hero, you know, there was no grays and, and, and there was no whites and blacks. It was only centers of gray. When I used to think that the Indians were the bad guys and the Cowboys were always the good guys, it was kind of reverse and opposite as I got older. So as a pro wrestler, I ended up trying to work, walk that fine line between being good guy, bad guy, and let the fans decide. And I ended up becoming a more of a people that everyone liked, a character that everyone liked. Um, and then I think that expressed it within my cosplays, from doing heroes to villains and vice versa, and, and those characters that walk that fine line. Okay. So I think that's one of the whole reasons why, for me, why I love doing these characters as a cosplay. 
Okay. So, as you know, as I know, you're a cosplayer. I'm, I am myself as well. Uh, and being in the circle that we in, we've always seen or faced criticism or even seen others that we know being faced criticism. Have you faced any of that criticism as a cosplayer, like a certain character that is probably not uh, not or, uh, a white person or a white person? Uh, and how have you faced that criticism? How have you dealt with that? Well, one of the things that I try to express to people is that uh, you cosplay whoever you want. Um, in the past, I've been asked, hey, you know, you can cosplay Luke Cage. You should cosplay Barrett. You should cosplay um, typical black characters. And what, instead of me necessarily, like there, there are African-American characters or minority characters I love cosplaying. Mm -hmm. But I've also breaking that stereotype also because I've done, I've cosplayed as Batman. I've cosplayed as Superman. I've cosplayed as characters that are normally of not the norm for African-American cosplayers. And I've changed the mindset because I end up turning people's mindset around by saying to me anyway, wow, dude, you, you do a, you know, you do an awesome Batman or you do an awesome Superman or you got that, you know, look for this kind of character that's normally taken as a Caucasian character, Latino character or whatnot. I've changed I help trying to change that mindset that not you don't have to cosplay a character because of a specific color or gender or size or anything of that sort. You change that mindset because preaching to them meant uh, physically preaching to them and telling them verbally is not going to get the point across. When they physically see you become that character, nine times out of ten the mentality dissipates, then you're going to still have those people, those individuals who feel that they just need to say something negative just to say something negative. That's the kind of person that you have. As a cosplayer, you have to go in with the idea that people are not going to all like you. Not all people are going to embrace you. You're not going to be able to make everyone happy. You have to have a thick enough skin and be a, uh, and be a mentally stable person not to let that offend you, get the better of you, and not upset you because if you're going to be upset if you're going to be feeling that way then you shouldn't be cosplaying that's the bottom i mean for me because one of the things i can't stand i can't stand when someone wants to say oh this person didn't like my cosplay because of my color of my skin and they said this that and the other and then all these people try to gather around like pitchforks and torches and all that stuff and it doesn't solve anything all it does is cause more of a problem so what you do is you don't you don't let people like that influence you for cosplay as i said to one of the uh cosplayers i know young lady i know uh who's a cosplayer they were like making comments about her cosplay she did an outstanding cosplay um for a lady of of a plus size nature and the thing i said to her was let me ask you something do you cosplay for yourself or do you cosplay for everyone else because if you're cosplaying for everyone else, then you don't need to be cosplaying. If you're cosplaying for you, then you're on the right track. You're cosplaying for yourself. You're not going to care what anyone thinks. But it's unfortunate because there are a lot of minority cosplayers, in my viewpoint, that worry so much about what other people think. Instead of letting them 
feel good about what they've done, what they wore, what they cosplay. And I think that's important. I, and again, I cosplay for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. But again, I've been doing it for a long time. So my mentality is different. I have a, the way I was brought up, the way my mental structure is. I mean, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a person that has uh, anxiety, uh, who has anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress. I'm, I, you know, I, I see a therapist, but cosplaying for me is therapy. Building costumes is therapy. Collaborating with other people is therapy. Um, and again, you have to have strong aptitude to go into cosplay and not worry about what other people think. People are so over-the-top sensitive, especially when it comes to POCs, people of color, or, you know, people of color that cosplay, that they forget why they're cosplaying. Mm-hmm. They look at all this noise and saying, look, this person hates my cosplay. Let's gang up on them. And I'm like, well, you're getting away from the idea of why you're cosplaying. Why are you cosplaying? You have to sometimes look in the mirror and ask yourself, why do you cosplay? Do you cosplay for the fame? Because there's no such thing as cosplay. Do you cosplay because it makes you feel good? Do you cosplay because of the fandom? Do you cosplay because you like bringing people together and inspiring people? Again, ask yourself that question when you look in the mirror and you cosplay a costume. Are you doing it because it's a fad and every other person is doing it, so you want to be in on the party? Or were you one of those people that made fun of those kind of people like myself coming up and then come into that mentality that, oh, wow, this person is getting all this recognition. This person's cool. I want to be down like that. So let me see what I can do to get in a costume. And I don't judge anyone if you buy a store-bought costume, you make it at home or whatever. Again, it's just knowing the fact that you cosplay for the right reasons and not for the wrong reasons. Right. Okay. Um, there's a, no, a lot. Oh yeah, and that's and that's cool. I love it. Um, there is a certain month. You know, I'm I'm one of the ones that I prefer to celebrate it all year. But there's a particular mm-hmm. month that always comes up, and it's in February, which is during Black History Month. And it's mm-hmm. been a hashtag, uh, 28 days of Black cosplay. And as of this past year, it's been 365 days of Black cosplay. Uh, what does that mean for you? What does that mean to you? And for that. <laughs> How about decades and centuries of cosplay? <laughs> it's every day for me. It, it, like, you know, 365 days, I'm one of those people that kind of started that too. Cosplay, the cosplay, cosplay every day is not for a specific month. It's, it's cool to celebrate our Black heritage and our impact in the cosplay community as African-Americans or as minorities as a whole. I think... Um, but then you go down a rabbit hole because you got people that are not minorities, Caucasian people, that get offended easily. And they'll, oh, well, why can't it be 365 days of Caucasian cosplay? <laughs> those are the smart, in my view, those are the smart asses that just want to be cynical because, again, they want to feel that they're important. And what they don't realize is that as African-Americans, as Latinos, as Asians, or any other minority, or even, even persons that are trans, gay, different sizes, this is our time to be able to express ourselves without being judgment, people being judgmental on us and being passed, uh, like people passing judgment. And the problem is, is that of late, 
people are becoming more judgmental and they get in the way. So the whole idea of 20, 28 days of cos, black cosplay. Some people, I say for the most part, I say 80% of the, the populace supports that in the cosmic community especially, they understand it. But then you got that low percentage that are lost in the sauce. They don't get it and they probably never will. Those are probably the same people that can't understand when you put on makeup for certain characters, not every character, but for mm -hmm. collective characters that you know you can easily cosplay regardless of what color you are, they don't understand. Well, I, all I did was darken my skin to be uh, Black Lightning. Yeah. And I'm like, I've known Caucasian people that have cosplayed Black Lightning and do an outstanding job right. without having to darken their skin. But you have those same people that are like, but, but you know, you dark, you you put on makeup for when you're turning to uh, Hellboy and all. Well, okay, that's in reason because you're becoming a character that is based on primary colors, not mm -hmm. skin tone, actual skin tone. If right. you call me an actual full red person, then we can talk about it. If you yeah. see a person that's all green, besides Incredible Hulk, that's in real life, that has total green skin, that has a race of skin, green skin people, then we can talk about it. If yeah. you have a race of totally white, and I'm talking not beige or, or peach color, whatever you want to call it, but are blank white, I'm talking like white paper white, and there's a whole bunch of people like that, then we can talk. But sometimes people want to find fault. They want to find a reason to say, well, this is the reason why. And I'm just kind of like shake my head, like, usually common sense. It's called common sense. And, I, and that's the other thing, common sense and cosplay. That's what it comes down to, common sense and cosplay. But a lot of people don't like practicing that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's people like you. Uh, I've spoken to Nightmage. Me and him are really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Demetrius Holt, Hellspawn Cosplay, Cosplay yeah. Ray. Well, well, you know. let, me, let me just say something on those two gentlemen in particular. Nightmage is, is one of my buddies as well. Yeah. Nightmage is the text. It is the textbook of what it means to cosplay. Not just as an African-American cosplay, mm -hmm. but just the cosplay in general. How exactly. to cosplay properly. He promotes positivity. He promotes... You know, someone who works in law enforcement, he promotes positivity in a level that a lot of people can't keep up. His creativity, it goes without saying. It's it's out there. It's like... Yeah, yeah it is. It is. For he, and I, for he and I, we laugh because I'm always like, God, but he's always he's an inspiration to me to say, okay, I'm going to do this next. But it's, it's all tongue-in-cheek for me. It's fun. But he's an outstanding person. He has a, He's not perfect, but he's an outstanding person as what it means to set the bar as far as being a good cosplayer and a good person, he's the embodiment of that. With Hellspawn, Hellspawn's the newer generation. Yeah. Very outspoken, but is willing to listen when it comes to the better himself as a cosplayer. He and I have had lots of talks, and, I, you know, and I've mentored him on certain aspects in the cosplay as a cosplay world. And again, he's a hell of a cosplayer, He's got, he's got the attitude and confidence what you should take to be one of the high up in cosplay. Some mm -hmm. people don't like him. Some people love him. It, but he's changing the narrative and in a, more, in a way where to make people wake up. The reason why I have a lot of respect for Hellspawn is because he's 
He's outspoken. He doesn't hold back. And he's someone that is learning and growing. And the most important thing is he embraces the idea of being a father, um, the idea of incorporating his son and having yeah. him be a part Those of some cool family. shots he had. Yeah. Right. And so I have so much respect for that because, again, me raising my daughter when I was his age and raising her within that realm, she wasn't, I couldn't embrace her in the cosplay world because by the time I started getting back into it, she was already on that high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> considered doing it from time to time, but I highly doubt it. But nonetheless, I admire that um, for Hellspawn because he puts, his, he puts his heart and soul into his cosplays. And he's going to go a long way. For people like my night major myself that's been doing it for a long time, and we've gotten accolades in all different areas of the entertainment world as well as in the cosplay community, we need to see more of that from both yeah. sides, for both Hellspawn and for Nightmares. We need to see more people like that. And good, thank God there are a lot of great brothers and sisters out there mm -hmm. that are like that. But when I always think of positive people within the cosplay community that really sets in a, a prime example. Night Mage is the first, first person that comes to my mind is Night Mage. And then, of course, like other people to follow. I like to think of myself in that realm. A lot of people have considered me in that realm, but I let the person judge for themselves. But I've always tried to set a good example and try to be the best I can. At the same time, be inspired by those people who are alongside with me for the ride, who is also in the cosplay realm. So I have, like I said, I have a large respect for a lot of people within the cosplay community um, and as well as people of color for POCs that are bringing positivity, that's not bringing that negative vibe, that has confidence in themselves to inspire others and not bring a whole bunch of drama um, because they have an issue with someone that they don't like. So they want to find every little fault with them. That to me is bringing drama. You're not bringing something positive. You're bringing negativity. Um, but again, that's how I look at it in the world of cosmic because again, I've been doing it way before all these new jacks come on the scene saying, yeah, I wear a costume, so I'm a cosplayer. Yeah. Okay? That's great. Show me how you embrace cosplay. Show me what, how much you, and why you love cosplay. What influenced you to cosplay? I know what influenced me. I can get into a long soliloquy about it. But again, I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, Again, with the concept of way before it was called cosplay. Right, right. I was that cat that everyone looked at weird, and they were like, oh, yeah, and I didn't care even then. Back then, I didn't even care. People that came up in high school, elementary school with me, will tell you, oh, yeah, he's been like that since he was back in the day. He was always like that. <laughs> <laughs> that has never changed. And to this day, I still, at 50 years old, I don't apologize for it. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so... Uh, I know you normally help run J1Con and the Great Philadelphia Con. So we are currently in this pandemic, this lockdown, which has pretty much put a halt to everything. Uh, word just came out yesterday that San Diego Comic-Con has now been canceled, which is the first in its 50-year career. Um, what does that, those two cons alone, explain those two cons, uh, with your position in, in J1 and your position in the Great Philly Con, and, and what people can expect when they see you or any other POC cosplayers at these cons? Well, we're going to talk about J1Con. J1Con, uh, who is run by Jason Richardson. Um, Jason and I go way back. 
Mm-hmm. I've always been in his corner when it comes to um, anything he does, and he's been in my corner. Um, with J1, J1 is one of the very first anime Comic-Cons here in Philadelphia. Um, he expanded on that, and he's done show, uh, he's run shows also, not just out of Philly, but out of New Jersey as well, in Atlantic City. Um, there are people, there are other companies that try to come in to try to take his spot or take his whatever you want to call it. And that's nothing, to, to me, people are going to be loyal to you no matter what. And no matter what obstacles they throw at J1 Con or Jason, Jason's overcome them. And that's one of the reasons why I believe in him and I support him. Um, I have been a part of Jason's company for a long time. Uh, when it came to promoting his shows, uh, we would do commercials for Cartoon Network. I was one of his first spokespersons. So almost every year I've done a commercial for J1Con. When you go to a J1Con, um, it's the world of anime. It's the world of pop culture. But is that anime? Anime comes first without a question. Where he covers everything within the anime community, from video games as well, to playing um, board games, to anything that's dealing with anime, the anime culture as a whole. J1 Khan is the embodiment of that, um, as well as bringing guests from uh, anime voice actors and actresses to animators of those set anime shows and what have you. So it's a lot of fun. Um, I mainly head up his cosplay contests. I host them. Um, I don't judge, but I host them. And I bring some of the top cosplayers uh, to help judge uh, these contests. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's great for two, three, for anywhere. J1Con has, has turned from a one-day event to a two-day event. And who knows, maybe even a three-day event. Again, he's done, Jason has covered so much with J1. So I don't see it going anywhere. And with, with everything that's going on with J1, I mean, we're not J1, but the world today, if if he has, you know, better hits prevail, more likely, I say over the whole year, all cons in general, I think everybody's going to, have to take a backseat and wait until 2021. That's the unfortunate reality because that's the way it's looking. I like to think and like to hope that maybe that will change, but I don't see that happening no time soon. Um, as far as great Philadelphia Comic Con, uh, Christopher Wirtz is the owner. Um, again, a con that has been around for well over five, six years, um, takes place in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Uh, right, borderline in Philadelphia, King of Prussia. Um, I'm the cosplay director uh, for Great Philadelphia Comic Con. So, um, with that being said, I basically help bring in the talent, cosplay talent, people in the cosplay community that bring a positive look to it. I also try to bring in local talent. You got your featured guests, your spotlighted guests. So, I try to bring in all this talent within the cosplay realm and shining stars, rising stars within the cosplay realm. Um, and so with that being said, within that realm also, you know, as far as that goes, we put some of them together, the most well diverse cosplay lineups. I have been um, told this by many people within the cosplay community, how well they love the diversity within the cosplay lineup for Great Philadelphia Comic Con. Um, because I bring in all walks of life, uh, different age ranges, different sizes, shapes, colors, uh, male and female, trans, um, 
disabled, I try to show the world when people come to the show, to show the world what cosplay is really about. It's about unity. It's about something positive. When you go to these shows like Great Philadelphia Comic Con, like J1 Con, and you see these great cosplayers from all different backgrounds, all different sizes and, and shapes and colors and, and, and everything else in between, it's showing a positive vibe on what the cos, uh, cosplay community is. And so people don't tend to lose sight about that. Okay. And, um, it's an education in itself. And then also, again, I host a cosplay contest there, uh, panels. I don't host every panel there, but I host some of the panels. I also host some of the celebrity panels. I was also TV host for Heroes of Cosplay on the Sci-Fi channel a couple of years back. So again, and what makes it so unique, a lot of people say, well, you know, when some of these people that break into cosplay, they want to break in because they're trying to make a name for themselves and all this stuff. And that's great. I was an actor, model, wrestler before I got back into cosplay. And that was the funny thing. I was going to Comic-Cons. I was appearing on, at Wizard World as a celebrity pro wrestling guest versus being a cosplaying guest. As time went on, when I eventually went on tour with Wizard World, and I was on tour with Wizard World, I think, for two and a half years, I believe, um, that's when I became a, a full-on cosplay guest. With the understanding that I'm also a celebrity because yeah. and everything else. So right, right. sometimes people forget that. I'm like, yeah, I've done a little bit of everything. Um, I'm not just a cosplayer. But, uh, but because of the fact I love and I embrace the cosplay community hard, and I mean hard, I own over yeah. close to 300 cosplays. And it's just, it's just something that, again, man, I love. I love a lot. And I, I can't tell you, this is the one thing that moves passionately more than anything. Okay. Um, Again, I have a tendency to go off script and I start hey, You're giving me some great footage, man. <laughs> um, two more questions. I'm going to let you go. Yeah. Uh, Whatever you want to ask, man, please be my guest. Where do you see people of color and pop uh, culture in general going from this day forward? Uh, as you see, there's uh, the hype is really real. Like uh, Sci-Fi just now has a lead black actress for their newest show, Vagrant Queen. Um, you you have a lot of leads, black leads coming into and stepping into more sci-fi roles, more superhero roles. Uh, uh, third season of Black Lightning, great show. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you see these things are starting to come out more and more. Where do you see it going? Well, I don't know about 2020, but where do you see it going from this point on out? Well, you know, speaking of which, it's funny. As a cosplayer, one of the other things I forgot to mention that I'm a DC character for DC Comics. That's correct. That's my, correct. My character, real life character, Freight Train, is actually was a character for DC Comics. This season of Black Lightning, mm -hmm. they bought Freight Train to the show. They just gender swapped and made her made my character a female character. Right, right. With the name Eric which I thought was cool. I thought it was very cool. People were like, well, aren't you offended? I'm like, why would I be offended? It's, it's still, it's still, still pain Well, in actuality, and what I find funny is, people don't realize that my twin sister's name is Erica Moran. Horrible. <laughs> so it's a win-win for me. Right. So the fact that, she, that she's on there, I love it. I mean, I personally love it. 
Um, and I'm all, you know, no matter what changes, what happens, I'm immortalizing books and comic books. So as far as how do I feel about it? How do I feel about minorities, period, getting more acknowledgement within comic books and sci-fi and pop culture? Here's how I look at it. I think it's awesome, but also it's a flip side to that too. Don't just make a character black because you feel that you want to be politically correct. Okay. Let the person, let the person's acting ability is give them the opportunity to be that character because you feel as an actor, actress, that they hold that character well, that they bring that character to life well. Not because they're African American or a woman, but or or minority period or a woman or anything of the sort. Do it because you're like, wow, this person, color, female, male does a good job bringing this character to life. Mm -hmm. Any kind of political agenda in the backdrop. Because one of the biggest things I've noticed is that when you make a character that is typically of the norm, like I'm all down for original characters. Yeah. He's down for that. And I have no problem if you decide to say, I want to make Batman black. Well, damn it, have a good reason. Or if you're going to have, if you're going to make him black, Make sure that actor you that actor is that good enough to keep your mind off the fact that he's African American, but mm -hmm. that does a good job, or she does a good job as that said character. Right. Whether you're doing an original character, which is cool too, but I like it because I've seen haters that on on especially on social media fronts. Why are you gonna make the black character black or woman and and uh right. political agenda and the SJWs and, uh, <laughs> and 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 you know and and you know and I have to say sometimes I don't totally disagree with them uh, to a certain point. If you go to complain because you made James and you're going to complain because he's black. I have an issue with that because if you're going to make James Bond black, I'm cool with that. But give me a, make sure that he does a job just as good as any other James Bond has played. Right. I don't, if it's Ildris Elba, Ildris Elba would be idea. To yeah, play that's, yes. <laughs> he brings that class. He brings that, that sophistication to the character. I know he would kill it as James Bond versus bringing Chris Rock to play James Bond. <laughs> right. Okay. Different dynamic. It's totally different. I know different. I can see it. And now I will look at y'all sideways like, are y'all doing it because he's probably black? You're mm -hmm. not doing it because he's, you know, he's an actor. Not saying that Chris Rock ain't funny, but Chris Rock is made for certain films that Chris Rock can play. Granted, we got that Saw film coming out. Chris Rock is showing his acting chops in, right. a, in a more serious manner, which is great. But again, if I was to pick someone today to play the first African-American James Bond, it'll just I because I know he could do a good job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Again, but people yet, it's a, it's, a, it's a tipping stone because it's a balance. It's like, am I going to make this character, like, like, the, like the new Doom film that's coming out. Right. Let's talk, about, let's talk about Doom. I was a fan of Doom growing up. I loved the premise of what Doom was about. Um, original concept. So they decided to swap one of the characters and make her, make this, male, this male character who was Caucasian, a black character who's female. Here's the question. Can she act? If she can act, 
and do a good job, just as good as the man can, uh, the character, the male actor, uh, Max von Sydow played, then that's cool. I don't care. Just do a good job being the actor. I mean, being, do a good job playing that character. Not only that, it makes sure it fits with the story. You know, right. if it, exactly. it doesn't fit Thank with you. the story. Thank you. And it's, it it's fits with the story that anybody could play that character. Right. Okay? It's just like when people use that argument with Black Panther. Well, what if you make Black Panther white? A white guy? It couldn't fit. It won't fit the narrative. No. <laughs> it won't fit the. It won't fit the narrative of what Black Panther is. You can argue about it till this cows come on. What if you made Black Panther Asian? It doesn't fit the narrative. That's like saying I'm gonna do Enter the Dragon, and instead of my lead being an Asian character, I'm gonna make him African American. Okay. Him right. Hindu. Or, or make him Latino. It just wouldn't work. Why? Because it doesn't fit the narrative of what the story's about. Superman, you can manipulate and change the character because he comes from the planet Krypton. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. Batman. Any, we got so many millionaires, billionaires out there. Anybody can do Batman in modern times. Peter Parker. Spider-Man. Yep. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. Now, if you're going to do Wonder Woman and make him a man, okay, <laughs> depending on if he's a Greek god or a god from Themyscira, but you have to change the narrative by making them all males on the, on, uh, on the island, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Or you change the narrative where the mother raised the only boy that was ever raised on Themyscira, and you do a whole different dynamic with that and understanding what the story is about. It, it's a different story. Black Lightning, if you decide to make Black Lightning Caucasian, it changes the narrative of what the whole story of Black Lightning right. is. Right. So, the essence, when people talk about that, I always try to bring it back. And then, like I said, that's a rabbit hole that if you're going to go down that rabbit hole, you better be ready to hang on to that rabbit hole as you're climbing down that rabbit hole because it's a steep rabbit hole and people tend to just get too oversensitive and too overbearing. Oh my God, oh! Oh, he's black or he's white or he's dead. And right. turn around and say, can this person bring the character to life? Show me. Mm. Show me. Look at Star Wars. I mean, come on. I want it so bad for John Boyega to really expand on his character. I love John Boyega as an actor. I think he's an awesome actor. But they didn't give his character enough growth. Yeah. In that Three Ring trilogy, and it's unfortunate because he had the potential of going far. I wanted him to be a Jedi. I mean, they mm -hmm. gave off the hints, but why not make him a Jedi? Yeah. Gave off all these hints, but you never really expanded on his character. Right. A little right. sloppy love triangle that kind of left threw it out there in left field. Okay. Again, utilize your characters the right way. Don't mm -hmm. put the character in because you just want to change the narrative to say, look, we put some people of color in it. Now shut the hell up. Right. Just to shut us up. Do it because you're bringing these characters in because you believe in your actor to bring out, to bring that character to life. And it doesn't matter if the character was black, white, purple, polka dot. And that's the bottom line. That's that's where it comes down to. Yeah, I really wanted his. I really wanted his character to expand more. I'm like, oh god, I know what they're trying to say, but they're not saying it, you know. And, and, and so it's just like, just get. Give us another film or uh, some kind of continuation saying, okay, yeah, he's Force-sensitive. Let's expand on that a little bit. You know, it, it was there, but they they dropped the ball. I love the film, 
but they drop the ball when it comes to certain character development. It's like, okay, you didn't have enough time. I understand you got a lot of stuff going on. Maybe it's on the cutting room floor. Who knows? Uh, but it's like black, like black Manta. Yeah. Again, you changed the narrative of uh, originally black Manta was white back mm -hmm. hey, way back in the day. But you changed the narrative as time went on. In the seventies, they made him more, or eighties, they kind of made him African American, which kind of made it made sense to the character. Yeah, he had the hate for Aquaman so much. Um, and the and the change they made, you were like, okay, I can go with this. Yeah, just because they called him Black Manta, but because he really whoa, yeah. the last Aquaman movie. The fact that you got Jason Momoa, who's not typically Caucasian, but you bought it works. Aquaman, and he did a damn awesome job playing Aquaman. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay, you changed the narrative because you showed that you believe in this actor enough. That he can do just as a good job as a Caucasian person could to play Aquaman. Again, mm -hmm. I applaud that. That's yeah, not saying Captain Marvel. If they gave me the opportunity to play Captain Marvel, I would play the hell out of it. Yeah. And my hair is still, oh my God, I'd play the hell out of it. Because I know what that character, the embodiment of that character is. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's right back to the 007 thing. It's like, everybody was upset and like, no, they're not saying he's going to be James Bond. They're saying he's going to be 007. You can be anybody. Can be double O seven. Well, no, they did that. They did that actually with the young lady. Yeah, I forgot her name. She played as uh, in Captain Marvel as uh, uh, Monica, Monica's uh, mother. Yeah, Robo. And the thing is, is that she's a double O seven. She's not James Bond, but she's she's took the mantle of double O seven. Exactly. That was the whole premise, and people were in a frenzy. Ah! Oh my God! It's not. And I'm looking at all the sites, and I'm like, y'all missing the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't. I, I can't lead people to water. I can't lead horses to water. Right. You able to? You got to be able to have the intelligence enough to figure it out. Right. Have that mentality that, oh, okay, I'm smart enough to know that this character, even though they're African American, they're representing this other character, but under a different premise or under a different, you know, sequence. So again. But people don't want to take the time to think. They'd rather have other people think for themselves. So again, not trying to go too deep, getting back on the cosplay realm. <laughs> again, that all comes back into play with cosplay. Yeah. And that's why when people get on their high horses and say, well, you're cosplaying this character and why? And they're not this and you're not that. And that. Again, I couldn't care less. I'm having fun cosplaying the character I want to play. I mean, I want to cosplay. Get over it. Oh. Get over it. That's what's up. That's what's up. So this is the final question. Mm -hmm. What's next for Smoke? And you can go ahead and plug whatever you got to plug. Well, um, I'm doing so many different things right now. I have an ongoing Orville fan film series I just started called Planetary Step. Um, right now, it's received a really, really, really great positive response. We have executive uh, producers from the Orville that actually follow the work that I do and they, they basically support what I'm doing, which is great. Um, and it's really embraced well for a first time doing, I mean, not first time, but the first time touching in with the world of the Orville, having a lot of fun doing it. Um, doing that, I'm also uh, working on some future projects that people have been waiting to see me put some closure on. Um, of course, brand new cosplays, 
trying to get some more done before this year, con or not. Um, yeah, yeah. And of course, we got um, the most one of the other top things I'm doing right now. Um, I'm currently on AMC. I made an appearance or two. Yes. AMC's uh, dispatches from elsewhere. Uh, in fact, the next episode comes out on Monday. I believe I'm in that episode or the season finale episode. Um, I also did earlier last year, I was in 21 Bridges for a brief moment. This some scenes with Keith David. Uh, that was Chadwick Bowman's film. Um, also, I'm one of the hosts for the video game show, Passive Controller, that we come on once a month. In fact, we'll be on this upcoming Saturday night um, at 7 p.m. with special guests. Uh, you could definitely check us out on Facebook on our PTC Gaming Show page on Facebook. Um, and people can follow me on Instagram um, at the Smoke 007 or YouTube, the Smoke 007, all one word. And on Twitter, I'm the Smoke Triple Zero. Smoke, it is always a pleasure talking to you. Always a pleasure hearing what, what news you got coming out. Always a pleasure seeing your fan films and your cosplays. You kill it every time. This is Chris G for Blurred's Eye View. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon, Smoke. Thank you for tuning in. I thank bensound.com for that sweet theme music. Blurred's Eye View can be found on all streaming platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Blurred's Eye View can also be found on the YouTube channel. So subscribe and leave a comment. Let us know what you want to talk about for the next topic or in pop culture so we can review it. We also have a Facebook page and Twitter, so give us a follow on there as well. Until next time, Blurred's Eye View, out.